So we're going to baptize some folks this morning. So let's talk about this this for a few minutes, what we're doing. Uh, what is baptism? Baptism is, uh, in terms of just the physical act, what are we doing? Well, baptism comes from a Greek word, baptizo, that means to immerse, to immerse in water. So in Acts chapter 8, Luke tells us how Philip, a guy named Philip, meets a eunuch, an official from the court of Candace, who is the queen of the Ethiopians. And uh, they're on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. The eunuch is reading from Isaiah 53. And he asks, Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? Which is always a good question when you're reading the Bible. Do you understand what you're reading? And he says, well, no way, unless someone helps me understand it. So uh, starting in verse 35, I think we have the scripture on the screen for us. Then Philip opened his mouth, which is how you have to start if you're going to talk to somebody. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So Philip tells the Ethiopian eunuch the good news of Jesus. And obviously a part of what he told him was, when you believe in Jesus, you get baptized. So that was part of his, his message to him. There was water along the way, probably at a rest stop. And they get into the water, and Philip immerses or baptizes the, the Ethiopian into the, to the water. So baptism is being immersed into water. But why do we do it? Okay, I, I really need you to think with me here. This is really complex, really hard to get. Really deep theology here, so it might go over your head. Because Jesus commands it. Jesus commands it. We see that in Matthew chapter 28, after Jesus is resurrected from the dead. It says, Jesus came and said to them, his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So after Jesus is raised from the dead, he says to his disciples that God had given him all authority. So what follows is what he's got the authority to mandate for them to do. So what's his mandate? To go and make disciples. So to make followers of him, to make those who follow his teaching, who, who live according to his ways. How are Jesus' disciples to make disciples of Jesus? They are to baptize people into the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teach them to observe or to obey everything that he commanded them. So baptizing people in declaration of what God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have done to save them is the initiation into their living as disciples of Jesus. Jesus commanded that his disciples make disciples of all nations, beginning with baptizing them. So baptism is not optional. It's part of Jesus' mandate to his church for making disciples of all nations. One of our mission workers in India, Roderick Gilbert, and if you've seen Roderick, some of you have seen him when he's been here before, he's, he's Indian, with a, even though he has an English name. He uh, 
over over the years have have been reporting that thousands of people have have become Jesus' disciples through through their ministry. But he only counts people as a disciple when they have been baptized because that means that they are serious about turning from Hinduism or Islam or secularism to to be disciples of Jesus. So uh, there are countries that oppose or prohibit conversion to Christ. And being baptized in those countries can mark you for rejection by family and community, inability to get a job or, or worse. And that's because they know that you're coming out as a disciple of Jesus. You're, you're going public, as it were. So who do we baptize? We baptize those who have confessed faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In uh, Acts chapter 16, we've got Paul and Silas who are in prison. They're in, in a city called Philippi. They're singing hymns, and then there's an earthquake, which didn't happen today. Grateful. And after the earthquake, the prison doors were open, and the chains of the prisoners fell off. And, and the jailer thinks, I'm dead. I'm going to lose my job, so I might as well kill myself. And Paul shouts out to him and says, hey, don't do that. Hang on, we're all still here. We're not going anywhere. And so what we see in, in uh, verse 29 of Acts chapter 16 is the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour and of the night and washed their wounds, and he bat- he was baptized at once, he and his, all his family. So you are saved when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you're baptized. Baptism does nothing for you if you haven't believed in Jesus and been saved. The jailer at Philippi asked what he needed to do to be saved. What are we talking about? What, what does it mean to be saved? Saved from what? Well, we're saved from sin and eternal judgment. Saved for what? Well, we're saved for eternal life with God and his people. Paul answered, here's what you do. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. What do you need to believe about Jesus to be saved? Just anything? Just whatever Jesus means to you? Well, Paul probably explained it to him this way. As he writes in Romans 10.9, I think we have that scripture up here on, on the screen as well. Paul spoke the word of the Lord to him to explain what it means to believe in Jesus to be saved. And probably he said something like this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is Lord means that he, he in himself, he is not only man, but he's also God. He is the Son of God. There is one God, but he exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We can't comprehend that, but the scriptures reveal God that way, that he's, God is one God who is a triunity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because Jesus is Son of God and Lord, he has all authority. Confessing him as Lord means I am submitting my whole life to him. 
So that's what these people are doing today. They're confessing Christ as Lord, and they're submitting their lives to him. I can't anticipate when I first come to Jesus all that all that, that means. I don't know what all is in store for me, so I don't know all that's going to mean, but I'm I'm signing up for it. But I do need to understand that Jesus is Lord over all things, which includes me. He's not just my buddy. He's not my therapist. He's not um, my personal genie that I control, that I use when I need some help, and I put him away when it gets inconvenient. He is Lord. And I need to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. That means that I believe he died for our sins so that when God raised him from the dead, he accomplished forgiveness of sins. He accomplished salvation for those who believe in him. Believing this means you believe that God really did this in history, that not just Jesus was raised up in my heart or or just I have a good feeling about it. No, I, I believe God literally raised Jesus from the dead bodily from the dead, as Lord. And believing it in your heart means you're really trusting in Jesus and and his death and resurrection to save you. You're really trusting in his death and resurrection to save you. You are relying upon Jesus and what he did to save you from sin and give you eternal life, like you rely upon a doctor and the treatment he prescribes to save you from a fatal disease. You're not just agreeing that the doctor is a good guy. Hey, I like this doctor. Uh, you're not just saying that you don't mind going to see him occasionally, but you're not willing to receive the treatment he prescribes. Believing the doctor can really help you means letting him treat you and that you take medication that he says will provide the cure. So you know that we were born with a fatal disease, right? We all die. Fatal disease is called sin. Sin is not just wrong things we do. It includes wrong things we do. It is our very nature. We are spiritually dead, the Bible says, alienated from God. We are bent away from God. So here's God, and we're bent away from him. It's our default mode. We're bent away from loving him and obeying him as he deserves. This doesn't mean that we are as bad as we can possibly be. Well, there may be some of us here who are that. But it does mean that we all fall short of God's glory, which means we all fall short of God's perfection. We all have a self-dependent streak in us that was originally meant to be a God-dependent, God-loving delight. We all long for perfection and life because God is absolute perfection and God is life. So we were meant to, to depend upon him for, for perfection and life. And we, we were meant to, to draw that from God. But in our alienation from God and our seeking to find life and perfection apart from him, we remain liable to, to God's eternal judgment and do not have eternal life. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the glad news.
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In doing this, Christ took the judgment we deserved on himself and gave to those who trust in him the gift of his perfect status. So when I trust in Jesus, God sees me in him, and I get his perfection as my status, as my acceptability before God. So God accepts us as right with him in in Jesus Christ. Christ exchanged the perfection, his perfection, for our sin and his death for our life. So baptism is for those who believe and confess that is declare as true, relying upon and can state publicly Jesus as Lord, that he died for their sins and God raised him from the dead. It is for those who trust in him alone to save them by forgiving their sins and giving them the gift of eternal life. It would be great. It would be a fantastic day if you have not trusted in Christ to save you to do that today. You don't need someone to make you do that. You don't need anything other than to call out to God and say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I need salvation. I need life. I need your righteousness. I need your perfection. I understand that comes to me through Jesus alone, through his death and resurrection. Would you save me? It'd be a great day to do that. Just a few other brief comments about what baptism means. What we've said is baptism is the way we publicly declare that we believe Jesus is Lord, the Son of God, that we're turning from sin and self-rule and trusting in Jesus to save us by grace alone, not our own goodness, through his death and resurrection. So we're saying that. I'm trusting him to save me by his grace. Through faith, we have been immersed into, baptized into Christ. So we are just into Jesus. Our life is now in him. We get a whole new identity in Christ. And we're so identified with him that that the power of sin is broken and we're raised into a new kind of life. Not perfection, but a direction of, of of a life lived for Jesus. And not only does baptism represent that I have a new identity in Christ, it also pictures that I have been immersed into the body of Christ. I've been immersed into his church. And I, I, I enjoy the fellowship of a local church for that, but I'm, I'm immersed into the whole body of Christ in the spiritual sense. Our baptism symbolizes we are part of the worldwide body of Christ. And baptism symbolizes, symbolizes we're cleansed from our sins. Well, we are privileged to have some being baptized today. And they're going to share their stories. So let's, let's go for it.